What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. This is the conclusion of Hip Hop Week, and I brought back a talent that we had on last year, actually, before his album dropped. Um, and I wanted to have him back on because he just dropped a single last month. We're in August now, yeah. So he dropped a single last month. Um, and you guys actually had, actually had a good feedback from um, his show last year. So Lipsy's back on. How you doing, man? How's everybody doing? I'm, I'm I'm excited to be here again. Fucking like you said, it's been what a year since I was on the show last time. Yeah, almost a year in October. Yeah, um, I'm gr- I'm great, man. I actually got. I'll tell you about the opportunity off air. I'm not telling, um, <laughs> but I got opportunity. Um, not of a lifetime because it's not the dream job. It's not even close to it. But I got an offer which made me move across country, um, and all that happened within. It happened so fast. Like I legit had the had my first interview in February. Didn't think anything about it, and I was like, "All right, you know, whatever." Then they hit me up on email. I was like, "Hey, can you come in for a second? And I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't live out there. I live here, you know." Yeah. And, and they were like, um, "Well, we're not gonna fly someone out for this position just because we've been burned before. But if you need it, if you want to come out here and have an interview, we're open to it." So I knew they were interested because of that, but I didn't know if I wanted to. Um, invest in that you know yeah and then i had a phone call with my aunt she raised me and she was like uh she said one of the dopest lines anyone's ever said to me she said look beyond the wages she was like you you just work you work so hard you need to stop looking at the wages because the wages are going to come for sure and i said Mm, i said okay i was like all right and so i I went off faith flew out to where i'm at now march 27th excuse me march march 26th the interview was on March 27th. Have the interview March 27th. I fly back out to Colorado March 28th. The minute I land in Colorado, I get to my car because I used to park my car at, uh, at the airport there. I get in my car. My phone starts ringing. They offer me the position. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it for sure. And um, I just, the next step was figure out how the hell I was going to get all my shit across country. And they were gracious. They worked with me. Um, but this is just, a minor step like I said, i'll give you more details off the air but this is yeah. just a minor step but i'm believe it or not this is gonna sound crazy i probably shouldn't be saying this on air i've never lived by myself before so i'm actually learning who i am so that's next that's new really cool. f- yeah that's, that's new for me so i'm i'm still taking it one day at a time but uh, it's all good but i remember so transitioning to you i remember when we yeah. went off air on your podcast i remember you played me a couple songs and this was one of them and I remember, yes. I, and I remember you played it for me because I, I, I think you just were playing it for me. But I asked you a question of like, how, if I'm not mistaken, this was a question. It was, how do you know when to put your stuff out? And you're like, yeah, I do something every quarter, and that's how you did it. And then when you dropped it, I was super happy because I was like, oh wow, I remember, I remember this song, and I was like, this song's pretty, pretty dope. So it's you. It's called Secret City. It's featuring Rick Ross. How does that happen? Crazy enough, I'm going to start this off by saying I have never had any contact with Ross. I've never had any contact with his team. Um, 
honestly, like, it's funny how it happened, because, like, really, realistically, anybody could have done this. It's not even, it's not like, like, I'm not trying to downplay it, because, like, it's still a, a crazy fucking track, like, it's getting a tons of love. Not exactly, like, hold, I, I have magical keys to a script, you know what I mean? Basically, what happened was, I have this, uh, I'm part of this, like, email list, uh, the thing, the list it's a uh, anno domini nation uh like the anno domini beats and shit like that they do all kinds of different packages and do all kinds of different deals like a uh, for little promos with artists and shit like that basically what they do is you a verse uh other people can have that beat other people can have that verse you know what i mean like mm. it's the cool part is is like they give you options for licensing so like i always make sure i get the unlimited licensing this way here up the song anywhere i want you can even uh, promote it for radio play. It's, you know, that popping. 100% revenue. Fucking, you know, I just have to obviously make sure proper credits are credited. You know what I mean? Obviously. The fact that I can... I have. It's not even just Rick Ross either. Like, I have songs with uh, Ritz, who's formerly from Strange Music. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have a song with uh, Jaron Benton. I have a song with Dizzy Wright. I have a song with Big Twins from uh, Infamous Mob. Like, part of Mob Deep and shit. Mm. Fucking... I have, like, a bunch of cool features, and it's all because of this little email list. And you know what? As an independent artist, it actually helped. It actually helped boost up my visibility. It actually helped. It even helped my fucking confidence at one point. You know what I mean? I was just like, hey, but even if other people have this verse and other people, you know, can can make the same song that I'm making, fucking good job on it. Um, The cool part with the Rick Ross, they sent out the verse. They sent it out on three different beats. Not everybody was rocking the same beat this time. Like, there was actually different options and different. And I've heard some of the other ones that have come out. And yeah, we're just not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> They 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 don't they don't have that same essence that I feel like I brought to the that I brought to it. So it, it still is a big deal, and I, I'm gonna tell you why. It's because you can get a feature from that artist, no matter how you get, you can get it right as long as everything's on the up and up. But as you just point, I was, you actually said it before I was, I was gonna say, that's the key is what do you do with it? And exactly. a lot of times, a lot of times people don't know what's the next step and the fact that you already had this planned out since january i think january was was when i was on your show you already had all this planned out um it's i haven't heard the other versions obviously by for me personally and i think we both can say this don't know because we both work in the industry it's funny because even nowadays most rappers aren't working with other rappers anymore no no one's in the studios like that like they used to be you know that's yeah people now emailing each other that's 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 a thing like i will say this like unless you know that person directly like to me i heard Pusha t and his story about how he got jay-z on neck and wrist he actually like emailed him the track and jay-z was like what do you want me to do on this you know like like, that's that's very rare like most of the time and it's why people don't like even doing features anymore because people are like yeah i I might get to that (laughs) you know so so even if you don't know them particular like (laughs) this could lead to maybe him actually hit or someone on his team hearing what you did and being like who who, who's this guy we gotta figure we gotta figure this we gotta figure this out because he sounds good with ross so no, that that's still to me it's still a big deal, and the fact that you actually kept your word because I'm turning out like I was talking to my manager and so uh, the other day about some stuff. So many people don't keep their word with stuff, and it's one of those situations where it's just like when you have artists that are putting in work. And I told you this last night when when we were doing voice messages back and forth. 
I was like, you. I, I follow people, but you're one of the few people I actually follow. If you have a story up, I actually read it. And the reason why I started even like paying a real attention is because I remember you dropped something, and I don't know what happened, but you were like essentially scolding promoters for trying to ask um, independent talent to pay for their way to uh, perform or pay yes. tickets or whatever. And let me tell you something. I got into a quick story. I got into it with someone in Atlanta many years ago where. Uh, we were all supposed to perform. We had all put together this indie show, and we actually were just gonna have our friends and family come by. So it was like a, it was gonna be like a turnout of like three hundred people for everybody, right? And they're all we, we everyone was already gonna be there. Time of the show happens, we end up having like close to four hundred people. It was a good look. He said, "Hey, like, no one's paid though. I was like, Who's supposed to be paying? Like everyone's coming here. They're, they're taking care of the club because they're buying drinks and food. So like yeah. so like so everything everyone's being taken care of." And he was like, yeah, but that's how I get my money. But no, he ain't telling anybody this. Like, this is like 10 different artists he's talking to now. So now he wants all these artists to come up with some money. And I remember we all just, well, not not one artist said we were going to do it. Now, I'm not going to be lying to you. I ain't have no money at the time anyway. But <laughs> but um, we all just kind of walked. And, our, and, and, and when we walked, everyone else walked. And I remember he was trying to get everyone to come back. But at that time, everybody was like, nah, man, they paid their bills, they left. But like, that's a that's a huge problem that still exists in this industry. Yeah, and I, I for one, I want to see a change, and I want to see it. Want to see it? See the thought process be spread. You know what I mean? I want other artists, you know, finally tired of this. Like, hey, we need to step forward and like change some shit here because like nothing, like the math isn't mathing. You know what I mean? The math isn't adding up details. But then it would get back to people, and uh, I, even being vague, it would still get back to people as openly open as possible okay. you know what i mean just figurative numbers you ask you know 20 artists or better yet better yet we'll leave it at that you know well you ask 20 artists to perform at a club that you have access to right mm-hmm. you charge all of them say i don't know fucking 200 dollars. you know what i mean i'll, I'll put i'll lowball it 200 dollars. you give them a fucking to 10 minute set now for 20 artists now do that math Fuck, I have a calculator here. I'll just do it on my phone. <laughs> I've been working all day, man. I, I don't want to do that, man. No, uh, that's, 20 that's... times... Uh, what did I say? 200? Yeah, that's $4,000 right there. It's to the promoter. Offer it. Offer it. That's for the 20 artists to pay for their time. To be on that stage. Right there alone? Wild. Hmm. Just keeping that... Just keeping that alone. Now, here's the thing. Those artists are also bringing people into that club. There's people that are, that were already going to go to that club. Right. That place is going to get packed out. You know, there's going to be some sort of exposure for the artist. For the upcoming artist, like the up-and-coming artist that, you know, is looking for shows that need, need they need that creative feedback. They don't need the exposure right now. They need the creative feedback. And there's a lot of artists that don't really realize that. Hmm. That focused on looking for the bag instead of focusing on the craft to focus on the craft you'll be able to get a bigger bag when it comes i mean that just makes sense to me right <laughs> so okay so i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be real corny here i'm gonna quote myself i was gonna say i know i'm kind of bouncing back and forth i'm like super stoned right now no you're good no you're good um it's funny you say that though i'm gonna be corny here and be one of those rappers that quotes themselves so i did this track right uh, i haven't put it out yet um, it's a harmonica track. I don't have a name for it. That's why it's called a harmonica track. Because we actually made, we actually used our, our live harmonica and made the beat out of it, right? That's fire. And um, it was it's funny because I say on there, 
um, I, I'm talking. I'm essentially my second verse is talking to older talent, and I said I put my money, ba- I put my music back on streaming service to get the penny, but that penny led to show dollars, and I'm essentially using that to tell because so many older artists will tell you, don't put your money music on streaming services. But here's the problem, though, that's the best way to get exposure around the world. So like I I know right so I know a ton of people who do not have a deal, but like they one one cat I know he actually was like he realized that he was looking at his like his Spotify stats, and he was like I wonder how real these things are because they're saying most of my fans are in Japan and it was like eighty percent of his fans were like in Japan so he said you know what he took a trip out to Japan, um he 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 he, he linked up with some local promoter there via Instagram or Facebook whatever it was he went out there and dude was started making money out there just doing shows. And, and he, he was like, yeah, people actually out here know my music, you know, they have a face to it and everything. And it's one of those things where that helps you as an up and coming artist to get to, as you said, the bigger bag, you know. And it's one of those things where I understand that some people think that it's just going to happen. It's not. But if we look, if we, if, and this is the 50th year hip hop, that's why I want to bring you back on as well. If you actually listen to some of these hip hop head stories, like Ice T actually has stories of NWA paying to be on his tour just to open the tour. You know, when, when when you hear about 50 Cent, 50 Cent was on the Rough Rider Cash Money Tour. He was hitting the stage before the curtain even went down. <laughs> it, went, it went up. You know, it's like one of those things where like these these things are possible, but sometimes it's just you have to uh, put it towards the right person. And I remember after that whole situation with our promoter that we had at the time, I, 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 I learned that, OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to pay. Which I don't, I don't mind paying for a spot, right? If it's like a two, three, se- if it's just something that I'm in a st- specific city, right? That I'm only gonna be there because a lot of times I travel for my comic cons and stuff like that. So a lot of times I'm just like, let me see if there's any local, like local, local uh, open mics or something like that, right? Okay. And, yeah, and I'll, if, if and I've done that before, it's like, hey, it's ten bucks to, to hit the stage. You got three songs. I, I don't care, you know. The, the crowd's already there. It's whatever, right? But. To have us put together the entire show for you, and then you get the money? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, to bounce back to that you know, scenario that I set up, that promoter, right, after paying it, after getting 20 artists to fucking pay 200 for the stage, that's $4,000 to the promoter, mm-hmm. right? Here's my question. Mm-hmm. How much artist getting back, what is the return on investment, return on investment? $200. Are they getting the fans? Are they getting some sort of monetary cash back? Like, you clearly needed entertainment for the night, so why are you charging the entertainment to <laughs> be on your stage? You're charging like, them. Any, any fucking normal person would literally hear that and be like, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. Right. I'm the one that needs, I'm the one that needs the service. Why would I charge for the service? That'd be like going to, that'd be like going to a 40 hour a week job and paying to be there. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, guys. Like, it's really not rocket science. But some people, and, and that's kind of the issue you have. I feel like some people are just so desperate for that attention that they think it's the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, if you don't know anybody, you don't know any better. And I, I'll say this as far as... Let me ask you a quick question before I even make that statement. Uh, how do you feel about your community? I don't mean boss. I mean just in general. Like when you go to do shows, 
do you feel like your local community and your local community like is supportive? Do you feel like you can reach out to them if you needed something? Like, how, how do you feel about that? This is your perspective. Here's the thing. Almost, I don't want to. I don't want to like actually like label it like that, but it's almost like you know what I mean. Like, there's certain artists that really only work with certain artists. It's not even like out of like like maybe maybe you know some scenarios it is because they don't like a person, or some scenarios it's just they've never been introduced. You know what I mean? Like a lot of like people that work in little groups rather than into as a whole try and put everybody on like see here's the thing with hip-hop i feel like it's usually this the city and area they just get one artist that really just blows up mm-hmm. you know what i mean or they get a couple artists that really blow up you know obviously the bigger cities like new york and fucking detroit and fucking cali or like you know, any city in fucking cali um feel like nobody's actually tried to put a whole community on the map of artists you know what i mean like like instead of just one artist they're trying to blow the whole whole fucking area up because there's a lot of dope talent in new bedford like regardless of who's working with who and whatnot everybody in the city i've listened to everybody's music i really do i really try and listen to everybody's music when i when i come across it you know if i don't know a person like hey i'm i'm sorry i'm i just never came across the music or i've never never came across the name or whatnot you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm. I have. I work forty hours a week. Forty, 40 hours plus. Like I, I'm, a, I'm fucking busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I have shit to do. But like, I, tr- I really do try and listen to everybody's music, especially when people are dropping new shit. Like, I want to keep up. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> for the community and so on. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I feel like everybody just needs to work together. Honestly, everybody just needs to work together as one community effort. And I feel like we'd be able to put the city almost on the map because of how much talent is truly in the city. New Bedford is not called the secret city for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why New Bedford's the secret city, because there's a lot of hidden talent here. Okay, so I asked that question because I, I don't think it's just there. I think that's kind of the issue all over. It is very clicky, and... And it's not just, I remember watching that interview with Royce Five Nine where he said he hates Excel for features. It's not just on the higher level, it's on the lower level too. Like, I remember I met with this one, this one cab, and um, he already knew I did my own beats. He knew I wasn't really looking to do beats. But I do try to support people. Like, if I, like if I, um, if I know someone does beats and it's reasonable and they're like, hey, I'll sell this to you or whatever, I will try to support them. If I like it, you know, I'm not going to just buy something I don't like, just being honest. Um, yeah. But... I really don't need it because I'm really surrounded. Like, if it's not me, if I don't want to produce something at any given time, I have my brother and I have another person I know like, that's that's close to me that will produce. So, I don't. I'm not in need for beats. So, I remember, do reach out to me. We did a show together, and uh, it was like, three other three of us. And I remember I could tell that they were kind of like click, a click, you know. And I was clearly the outsider and. Um, I just went to all, up to all of them at the end of the show and said, hey, man, good set, good set. Y'all be safe. And I was about to leave. And we were talking about doing some stuff together. I tend to not take it seriously unless someone's, like, hitting me up. Because I've also noticed how, not just that people are busy, but people, they really don't want to be, they, they really don't want to invite more people into their clique. Because also, we think about even at, at the local level, it's egos involved. Some healthier than others. Yes, um, but that's kind of a, my point of asking that question was, is because I, I I agree with you. I think if we all work together, we could do this. If you actually look at the how Outcast was born, 
everyone, everyone, I don't know how many people know about Outcast and the, like organized noise being in the basement, and you have organized noise in there with um, the, doing a production for Outcast for Goody Mob, like all dun, the, the entire Dungeon family essentially. But all of them work together. Yeah, you might say Outcast is the bigger group for sure, that's, that's without a doubt. But Goody Mob has platinum plaques too. <laughs> you know, <Very> cool. <laughs> so it's like you could even though even if you might not mess with Goody Mob, uh, millions of other people have messed with Goody Mob, um, and so it's one of those things where you everyone just still did their own thing. You could still always do your own thing. It doesn't have to be about the ego, especially when if you think about it, if you actually all come up together and you're smart about it, you can make things happen. You know, and so I feel like that's another problem with the situation we were talking about as far as just dealing with different promoters and stuff is because there's always someone that's going to pay to play and and that kind of breaks the picket line and that kind of breaks the strike up and it's kind of like oh okay that's that's cool but i just happened to see that on your instagram and i I just thought i'd bring it up because i actually know what happened but i assumed it was a situation similar to mine i've not had that knock on wood somewhere have not had that happen in a very long time i've been lucky to to, to work with a, a lot of different people, but also that helps that travel for my Comic-Con, so I kind of do like a little mini tour with that as well, you know? Um, so funny enough, actually, um, I made that post. It actually, it still hasn't happened, you know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't come across an event like that in a while where I would need to pay to play. Fucking, I don't, I don't even really reach out to promoters anymore. I'm the one that usually gets reached out to now. Mm. Like every, every now and then, like I really, I, you know, if I'm interested in the show, like I'll reach out. But like nine times out of ten, I'm the one getting hit up. Nice. It's like, and it's really nice because like it's like, hey, like people actually fuck this whole time. People actually do rock out with this shit, and they're like, oh yeah, no, Libsy knows how to rock out a show. Fucking put him on the, put him on the set. It's, it's really cool to get that that recognition you know what i mean it's, it's really nice it doesn't it's not like it happens all the time right. you know what i mean but like it's it's really fucking cool when it's like hey we thought of you that that does make it more special i was telling my manager last year it was crazy i went from like never being featured on anyone's stuff i was being featured on like a bunch of people's stuff i was like oh wow that's that's cr-. And a lot of people didn't even drop their music like they said they were gonna drop so like um i know me and zyg808 got some stuff coming out this year i don't know when he's dropping it um but I think you worked with him too. I think he had put that post up about everyone who who, who he has music with, and yeah, yeah. Th- it's always special for some, for someone to hit you up and that to know that you're you're respected and, and everything like that. But I just I just thought it was a good thing to talk about honestly, just because a lot of times people don't know where to go, and that can make some. No, also me being just as honest as I can in this conversation with you. What's in your heart? Do you really want to do this? Because that's just those are just roadblocks. Those those things can roadblocks can be moved. So, so, see, I see, I don't know. So here's the issue now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not so much an issue, more like a blessing in disguise, I'd say. I'm expecting a little one at the end of the year now. That we changed. Congratulations. That's um, that's still dope, though. Yeah. What was that? That's dope. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited actually. It, uh, it, it, it might change things for the for the the near future, but it doesn't mean you can't work on your ultimate goal as well, though. Exactly. So, since you said that, um, we do have plans for, um, I am dropping my, I, I'm, um, <laughs> so I'm dropping an album at the end of the year. You know, I'm gonna finish up projects that I'm working on. 
and then I'm going to, you know, close shop for the year. I take a year off of music. If somebody hits me up for a show, you know, once we're cool and we're settled and we're chilling, you know, I'll, I'll pop out for a show and whatnot. For the most part, I'm not really going to be working on any music. Uh, well, I probably won't be, like, releasing any what we're looking at. Because mm. I'm, I'm not going to release any new music the whole year. I'm going to, you know, I'm definitely going to be working on music, absolutely. It's going to probably be a whole new perspective it's probably gonna be a whole different Lindsay changes the person you know what I mean so it's probably gonna be a whole different vibe but I am at least gonna release a project some probably sometime around my birthday going to be a greatest hits album I've been doing it long enough I have quite a few albums I have a bunch of singles that never ended up on albums of the greatest hits and so I'm I've actually set up so far like the better songs out of the last five albums you know what I mean to add to that album so how do you know what the better ones are on the albums? Are you going off of feedback you've gotten or just your gut feeling? I'm going off uh, two things. I'm going off uh, uh, Spotify statistics and I'm going off of my actual... The Spotify statistics, but I don't like the song, then I go down to the list and I go down to the next one. Okay, so let me ask you this question now. Why go against the statistics? If people are saying they like that song, why not put it on, it on the greatest hits? I don't know. I don't, I don't like the song. <laughs> no, no, always, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. Hey, listen, you guys, lo- if they love it, I, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. You know, originally, like, I made, I'm going to be honest, like, I originally started making music for myself because I was getting bored of what I was hearing East at the time. Mm. Started making music, like, I was just really bored of, like, what I was hearing. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to just make my own shit. Over the years, progressively got better. I don't want to say blessed because, like, believe in God, so, like, it's weird to say blessed to me. That that sense, you know what I mean? That aspect, like, I feel, like, really good about the fact that, like, musical career, if you want to call it that, music not only for myself, but for other people, the people really enjoy it, too. No, that makes sense. And, but all, and the only reason I was even asking that question is because I, I have found that the songs that artists tend to hate the most that they do are the ones that the fans like the most. And so I just that's what I was asking because if it's a greatest hits album, some people might be like, "Oh, I like, I want this one." I, and on it, I just, well, just was, I just, I was curious because I know Tech Nine has the same philosophy. Like when he puts together stuff and and people say they like a particular track, he says he doesn't put it on there on purpose. So I, I felt like it was like you were getting like one of those you you were kind of just doing what that was, but that's 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 all interesting there. But yeah, I, kind of, I was gonna say I actually kind of see where he's coming from with that. Because, like, fucking Karabulu, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. The song Karabulu from Tech 9 Everybody loves that fucking song. Uh, everybody that... Your grandma knows fucking Tech 9 because of that song. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. everybody fucking loves Tech 9 because of that song. He didn't put that on the Greatest Hits album. That would only push people to play the song more off of the original album on streaming, and it would boost up to, like, mm-hmm. platinum or diamond status. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they would be forced to go and play it off the original album rather than hearing it on the greatest hits. That makes sense. I, I didn't think of it. I didn't think of it on that level, you know. But actually, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's actually that, pretty dope. That's actually a really fucking genius idea. I'm not gonna lie. D- d- no, that is. <laughs> so, Holy shit! That's actually, Matt Smart. <laughs> that is. So, question for you. Um, before we get into the last part of the interview, I wanted to get. But you had announced you had a developmental deal. One, how's that going? Two, explain to the people who are listening what is a developmental deal. And three, like how do you even get one if you can explain it explain it to people? So it was a scam. No. Two, 
a developmental deal supposed to be onboard you with the label and fucking like you're it's already supposed to be with a label you know what i mean yeah yeah and they're supposed to onboard you with the label they're supposed to have you work with you know different but within the company to like you know get you up to like where they want you to be yeah you're not at you're not quite where they want to release your music yet, but they do want to still work with you. So that way get you up to that, that can, you know, trust where you'll actually make the money. That's what a developmental deal is realistically supposed to be. And yeah, no, I, you know, I tried emailing the people and being like, yo, when, when are we supposed to be meeting with the label? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, they postponed it to this day. They postponed it to this day. They postponed it to this day. And then like, I'd be getting emails or texts to be like, hey, join this fucking chat and try and get linked up with this label. And it's like, well, I, th- I thought I was already with that label. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, come to find out, you know, after a little bit of snooping on some shit, I feel like they were connected. We're using their connections to scam people. Some of the, co- some credentials were checking out. So mm. I th- like some credentials were checking out, others weren't. I just wanna. I, I feel like had the credentials, some of them anyway, and they were using it to profit off of independent artists. Mm. So maybe fucking. I may be preaching about uh, scammed by paying for fucking show slots, but it happens to the best of us. I got fucking couple bucks taken from me too <laughs> that's actually a, a, a terrible story but a good story for people to hear because there are a lot of hungry people out there that would have kept going and kept spending money yep that is uh thank you for sharing that i didn't for the record i had no clue but <laughs> i had no clue that I, otherwise i wouldn't have brought it up yeah no nah, it's fucking Bro, that was that was like months ago too. Like I, un- until you had brought it up last night when we were chit chatting, mm-hmm. I, I literally would have never remembered. Mm, that's that's <laughs> tough, but that's that's honestly that's I think a lot of people are gonna need to hear that because I'm pretty sure there's someone that spent a lot of money with somebody just being used, you know. So that's that's rough. That's tough to hear. Yeah, and I have a fellow artist that just had a fucking whole thing with uh, United Masters and some shady shit that United Masters was doing. So make sure y'all are paying attention if you got United Masters as your fucking distributor. That's okay. That's that's crazy. So that this is going to be a rough transition because I did not see that one coming. Um, so this is the 50, 50th year of hip-hop. <laughs> that is a rough transition. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't know how to say Dude, like you should see me over here right now. Like my face, my mind. I have a mirror like, right in front of my face, right? And I'm looking, and I'm like, my I could see my mind being blown, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell did I just open up? I'm like, I don't bombs real quick. Right, right, you know. And I was like, I didn't see that coming because for the you didn't even hint at this. The only thing you said was, oh, it's just not happening. So I said, okay, he must have found. I, I didn't think it was a scam. But I said to myself. I said, you know what? He must have found out that there was gonna be it was gonna be too long of a waiting deal and a waiting development deal. He just wanted to do things on his own. That's that's normal. You know, I've heard that before. I didn't think anything about it, and I was just like, I don't know how to transition out of this, and I don't want to. 
I don't, I don't know. That's crazy. I'm sorry, man. Oh no, you good? You good? That's that's why I'm here to chit chat. Um, sorry, sorry for my cat meowing in the background. He's dying to get in the studio right now, but I won't let him. <laughs> no, it's 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 all good, man. Um, but I do want to end the, the the interview on this though, something more positive. But that's good information to hear, and I hope you guys really do take heed to that because that's I'm sure I'm sure there's someone out there right now that needs to hear this and. It will stop them from spending money with people who are just scamming them. Um, but I did want to get into the 50th year, 50th years of hip hop. I've been celebrating it off and on on the podcast. I, have, I wrote down my top 50 songs, my top 50 albums, my top 50 artists or acts. Um, and and those were some hard lists to write. I didn't do them in order. I just wrote them down. Like who, who, And even with that being said, some people, I, I forgot some people. And it's just, it's going to be tough. But I want to ask you a question. Your top three artists for yourself in your uh, in hip hop history. Fuck. Um, can I do one of them as a group. Yeah, that's what I said. Acts. Yeah, that's, that's what I did on my list. I just did acts. Yeah. All right. Awesome. That makes this so much at least a little bit easier. Lil Wayne, Mac Miller. What was the first one? Lil Wayne. Oh, okay, okay. So, I actually made a comment. And they're gonna hear this. They're gonna hear that before they hear this show. But I, um, when I was doing my top fifty albums of all time, I, I made this, I made a, a specific distinction on my albums because I said, in my opinion, I don't know if there's now. Once again, before I even say this, I rate things difficult. I rate things very hard. I don't just call everything a classic because I don't think everything is a classic. I think it's very hard to do a classic. Just to preference that before I say this, okay? Fair. So I said, in my opinion, my top 50 albums of in hip-hop history, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, not all of them I consider classics, but I consider them important in some kind of way. Like, to me, Run DMC, Raising Hell, I don't know if it's a classic album, but I feel like it's one of the most important albums in hip-hop history. I feel like it's it's it was necessary to get hip-hop to the next level because they had that crossover in that album, so I feel like even if for me, even for me, it's not classic. It was an important time for hip hop, right? Agreed. Yeah. So, with that being said, can you name an album and you, to you that's classic, and can you name an album that you love from hip hop that's not classic, but you have, but it's a specific reason you love it so much. Wait, so is this two questions or one, my bad? It's two different questions. So essentially the first question okay. is a classic album, and the second question is it's an album that y- is not classic, but it means something to you. Um, so a classic is Wu-Tang's Enter the 36 Chambers. I actually am looking at it right now in the uh, on vinyl, still in the plastic, framed on my wall in the studio. That's dope. Um, and watching movies with the sound off, uh, Mac Miller, as the may not be a classic to y'all, but it's a classic to me. All right. So, and, and, and see, to me, that was my point when I did my list because there's a lot, there's a lot of like example. Um, you ever listened to that Camp Low uh, album? Do you know even know who Camp Low is? Yes, I do. Okay. Some people don't. So it's actually, you ever listened to their album Uptown Saturday Night? Yep. Okay, so to me, I don't think it's a classic album, but when I first heard that, I remember the first time I heard Lucini, 
I didn't know what I was listening to, but I knew it was like changing my life. (laughs) And even to this day, I still get that feeling of the way they flowed over it. I don't, and honestly, it's one of the few albums I've never actually looked at the credits list on. I might do that when I get off the phone with you, but I've never actually listened to the credit or watched or read the credits or anything. I just, I just enjoyed it. You know, it's one of those things where I just enjoyed it. Why is that Mac? Because you're not the only one that would say that Mac Miller album is a classic. Like Mac Miller is one of the um, one. It's unfortunate he's not with us still, but Mac Miller is one of those artists that I think people always could relate to and I, and I think he went beyond color he because i you have I, I know more black people that mess with mac miller than white people you know what i'm saying um right. but like why is that album a classic to you so going through a time in my life where uh were a thing you know it wasn't it wasn't like any hard shit or anything crazy it was more psychedelics and you know, just, you know, smoking bud and whatnot. But I was going, I was just going through, like, a whole lot of different life changes all at once. And that album really, I really, like, it really spoke to me on a whole bunch of different levels. Like, I was I was able to fucking, I, I can literally, probably to this day, still recite the whole album start to finish. The Deluxe Edition. Did that happen at... Did that have a deluxe edition? Because there's a song with Tyler the Creator that's supposed to be on the album. It's too high to remember. But anyways, it's still one of my favorite albums to this day. I just I have a lot of memories with it, and it really got me through a lot of shit. Um, Mac Miller is actually one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I was following his career from the start, like from when he was up all the way back in high school born the same year so we were literally the same age so it was like i was i i grew person while i was watching him grow as an artist and a person mm. so it was almost like like a like not to sound like on some weird shit but it was like we were friends like you know what i mean it was like cool word i'm happy you're doing good for yourself bro like keep the shit up like i'm, I'm happy you're doing good and then like so like he passed i ended up fucking i was actually uh, tripping when he passed and I got and like when the news broke and I ended up crying while I was trying to like wash the dishes and it was right after swimming had just released so um I was listening to swimming I was listening to swimming while I had started the dishes by the time the album was done because I had like kind of slowed down because I was paying attention because I was fucking tripping sack and I get to the fucking I get to the song I think it's like 2007 I think it's called and my wife ends up waking up comes around the fucking corner into the kitchen and I turn around and I look at her and I'm fucking bawling my eyes out and I was like he was so sorry I was crying my fucking eyes out trying to wash a dish. She, I, I literally had turned around complete 180. My hands are fucking all soapy and shit with a dish in my hand. I'm still scrubbing the fucking dish. <laughs> I'm just bawling my eyes out like, he was so sorry. He just wanted Ariana back. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you, you, the, 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 the cool thing is, you weren't the only one that felt that way. There's a lot of people that dropped tears. I remember, didn't, I think I saw this. I think I saw a video of Schoolboy Q on stage crying, like breaking like, down. Yeah, dude, Mac was a really fucking cool dude. Like, 
Obviously, I didn't know him personally. I'm not trying to be like, like I said, I'm not going to be weird about it and be like, oh, I was a fucking super fan. Like, no, nah, he was definitely one of my, like, I enjoyed the vibe. I watched his whole, I, wa- I was following his whole career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I fucking was really, like, attached to his music in a sense. You know what I mean? So, like, when he passed, I was like, damn. He's, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you were, you, you know, you clearly needed the route. You quit. Like, not trying to sound like a dick, but you clearly needed, you needed peace. No, that's not, that's not a dick. That, that's, that's, that's true. Like, sometimes that's just, you just need that eternal peace that, uh, that life, that you need that thing that life can't bring you. Yeah. And there was a lot of things that was just really tearing them apart. And I'm really like, it's a, it's a huge bummer. It's, it's definitely a super sad bummer. I, I agree 100%. So, and so, the last question I'll ask you, and uh, this is going to be a hard question to ask, because the way I worded it, I've always said this. In my opinion, Get Rich or Die Trying is the most important album in hip-hop history. And I say that not cavalier or light. I say that because I feel like hip-hop was just in an interesting place in 2003. 2002. I know it came out in 2003. It's February 2003. Because I'll never forget where I was. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember I hadn't known a 50 Cent for years before. I had a friend. I used to live in Maryland. I had a friend who would dr- drive to New York every every weekend. I would go with him. He would pick up the local mixtapes. He would pick up everything. So I remember hearing Gil Karan, how to write, all that stuff before it ever got big, right? Yeah. And then 50 Cent starts to pop off. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember... When I was in Atlanta and that album dropped, the weekend that it dropped, I remember the CD shop. I was living in College Park, GA. I went to the CD shop at 10 o'clock in the morning. The mother bleeper was packed. And just an album was just going out of the store. And I was like, what the hell am I seeing here? But I've always said that Get Rich or Die Trying, for me, is the most important album in hip-hop history. Because hip-hop was in this weird space to where... It had gotten commercial, which was good, but it kind of gotten a little too commercial. So you had, and by the way, and this is not a knock on any of these artists, but you had the Nellies, you had the Ja Rules, you 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 had the mainstream that hip hop needed to continue to grow and evolve. But it felt like outside of Eminem and a few other artists, like the lyricism was being forgotten about. And, yeah. and then Get Rich comes and drops a fucking nuclear bomb. And I felt like it was needed to be able to change things up, but also show that, hey, you can still have the commercial records, but you can still also be the MC you want to be if that's something you want to be. So for me, that's my album. Do you, do you feel like, last question before I let you go, do you feel like there's an important album in hip-hop for you that helped you see hip-hop differently does that make sense so it's gonna be funny that you say that it's funny that you worded that the way you did actually um i mean i always loved hip-hop i always had a i was i was always i grew up in a metal household like i grew up with listening to metal and oldies and classics and all that shit necessarily grow up with hip-hop but when it came on on the radio i always enjoyed it i always i always liked it you know what i mean so like I said, it's really funny that you say this. Um, I feel like the Marshall Mathers LP, a very, very important 
album for hip hop as a whole because it showed that white boys could actually step up to the plate and bat like the rest of them. You know what I mean? You know, like, like it may have been a weird, like, way of wording it, but, like, we, like, obviously there was, like, Vanilla Ice before, but, like, it was fucking Vanilla Ice. Eminem showed up and, like, showed that boy could rap about some crazy shit, not have to rap about the shit and the asses popping and then you know the drinks pouring and shit like that he didn't have to rap about that he could rap about the weird crazy like actual what he's thinking about and sell a million records mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he really changed the game in a sense where he was able like he changed he showed that like and still make a million dollars you could rap about your life and not an exaggerated version of it or, you know, you don't have to rap about, you know, shooting down your ops or some shit like that. Like, you can talk about, like, the like even the weird thoughts that you have sometimes. Like, he showed that you could be weird and fucking... Like, obviously, there's been weirder fucking people before Eminem. I'm not gonna fucking... Not gonna <laughs> say that. Like, there's been some weird motherfuckers that got rich. But, <laughs> in, 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 in regards to hip-hop... Right. <laughs> like... He showed that, like, a white boy could be serious talking about, you know, killing his mom or fucking chopping off a random motherfucker's head off or, like, fucking beating up someone with a tire iron, like, random shit, like, and and be able to sell a million records and be able to go on fucking TV and fucking go on, make a movie and about his life, you know, it may, that may have been exaggerated, but, no, you know. You know what I mean? But, like, he was able to do... He, like, he was able to show that, like, you can come from nothing, literally nothing, in a in a field, in a genre, that you typically wouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, like yeah, no. That's just basically... Yeah, Marshall Mathers LP. The first one, like, he was able to talk about mad... Sell a million records and respected by the rest of the game. No, that's such a good choice. That's, and actually, I, I, I've always felt this way. I've always felt that that was his magnum opus, his greatest album. And I said that because I felt that was Dre's best production. And when I say that, I say it because I felt like that was the most polished underground album of all time. When I listen to that album, I hear the polished stuff. Like, um, yes, I'm the real Slim Shady tracks, but I also hear the green, the grittiness of the underground with tracks like Remember Me with Sticky and Fingers I and, I, and I Am. And I felt like Dre... Oh, The Way it, I Am, that's what it's called. The Way I Am, the yeah. I, am. I, I feel like Dre was able to take this underground sound that Eminem had, had he's always had it, and say, you know what, let's, let's mix it with this and see what comes out. And I feel like... I know, I know people tend to go towards the Eminem show more... The Eminem show was more of the polished Eminem, as he's a producer now and more of the collaborator. But I felt yeah. like, that for me, the Marshmallows up, he was, I can cut that on, and be like, okay, like he he's he's able to just rap his ass off. Exactly, and, that's what it was. He was it was there was no you know executive producing fucking an album or some shit on the side like you know being like oh do this and this and this. Like, no, all he had to focus on was just fucking rapping. Because it was the first album with Dre. So, yeah. That's a big opportunity. So, all 
He got he found you because of your rapping. That's what you're gonna fucking do is fucking rap your ass off. <laughs> right. And so you know, I, I, I agree with that. That's such a good choice. So um thank you for your time, man. You wanna shout your so I know you're high, but you wanna shout your socials? Yeah, actually. Um you can follow me on Instagram, uh, I believe it's at Libsy Official. I can give if you give me like two seconds, I can actually fact check myself. Yeah, go ahead. You, and I oh, also, I was, right. I was right. It's Libsy official. Okay, I also put it in the description as well, just so you know. Oh, where I appreciate that. Um, Secret City featuring Rick Ross. It's on all platforms. Um, I'm at thirteen thousand streams on Spotify right now, so I'm I'm cooling. I'm chilling. I'm really excited about that. Um, if you guys want to go stream that, that'd be fucking dope. I appreciate that. Thank you for taking the time to actually listen to this. If you enjoyed my ramblings, go stream all my music. Don't just listen to the Rick Ross one, you silly. Go fucking check everything out. I also have some music on SoundCloud that you wouldn't typically be able to access. So go check out the SoundCloud because there's a whole ton of shit on there. Anyways, I hope y'all have a great rest of your summer because I know it's August right now. So please go enjoy the rest of your summer. School's right around the corner. Go get the little ones ready for fucking school. Kick their ass out the crib, then go to the dispensary. Go get yourself some weed and burn up all morning. <laughs> I will have put. Y'all, have y'all <laughs> a happy fifth uh, hip hop fifty, y'all. I will definitely put all this stuff in the in the description as well, so you guys can just click on it and you can go to it as well. Um, so that way you guys don't have to really scramble for it. Um, thank you for the time, Livzy, and congratulations on the on the upcoming little one. Appreciate that, and um, we'll, we'll 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 be in contact. We won't lose contact. I'll definitely um, we'll see we'll be talking to each other. But um, that's Absolutely. a sh- yeah. But that's a show for this week. That is hip hop, my hip hop fifty week. I just wanted to bring an artist on, and uh, I respect what this man does a lot, and I'm really happy for his his growth and his movement. So I'm this little chemical that is Lipsy, and we are out.